Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. I am so happy you're here. Today is December 1st. Can you believe that? And we have, as of today, 25 days until Christmas. And I know for me, as a busy family of five, we are already doing all the things, but then you throw in the traditions surrounding the holidays, and life can get a little crazy. And every year, we stop and reflect and think, we meaning my husband and I stop and reflect and think we really want to just enjoy it. So today on the show, I have a real treat for you. I have my friend Kim Montgomery sharing her systems for how she can not create more time because we don't necessarily create more time, but how to prioritize the time that you do have and to spend it well. She is the host of the podcast High Five Motherhood, and she has some really great inspirational things to share with you as we talk about five systems you can bring into your holiday season to make it much more enjoyable. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Hi, Kim. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home. Hi. Thanks so much for for joining me on the conversation. I've already introduced you to my listeners, but why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and what it is you do? So I am a Christian mama of five and a wife to my high school sweetheart. Um, We actually met long distance, believe it or not. He lived in Arizona. I lived in Utah. Then he went um, to Brazil for two years and I went to Idaho for school. And we, the only time that we had ever actually been in the same place together was, um, I think it was, I lived at my aunt's house for about two weeks prior to us being married. So it was... (laughs) (laughs) crazy, but we made it happen. And then five kids later, and all of them were surprises. None of them planned just kind of how it happened back to back on each, every one of them. So that's kind of where high five motherhood came from. The five is five kids. So anyways, what is the fun for your kiddos? So age range goes from two all the way to 10. So I've been momming for about 10 years or so. (laughs) You are in the throes of, you're still in diapers, right? Yes. We had three in diapers at a time, but we're now only down to one. So that's happy. (laughs) There's, there's hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember those days. Well, tell us, um, tell us what you do. So high five motherhood is a podcast that I started. I actually was called by God about, I don't know, two or three years prior to COVID. Um, I was called to start a blog and I thought it was really weird. And I thought, you know, it's maybe my own thoughts, whatever. So I didn't really listen, right? Shame on me, but I didn't listen. And so fast forward to COVID when that hit, 
I was like, oh, that makes sense. I should have started a blog so I could actually be helping out moms during this huge struggle we're all facing right now. So I kind of kicked myself in the pants, ate a slice of humble pie, and then decided it was time to dig in. And so I started my blog. I started the podcast and it's been such a wonderful, wonderful experience to help moms. My biggest passion is to help moms get out of survival mode, ditch the hot mess mom culture and choose to thrive because we were all born to thrive. We don't have to live in the hot mess mom. I never get ready for the day. I never take care of myself, never take care of my home. And everyone is just loaded with like spit up and poop all over them. Like that's not the life I want to live. I want to enjoy motherhood. So I'm just there to help mamas thrive. That's what it's all about. I love that because you know, when I was raising my little ones, the hot mess mom culture wasn't labeled. It was definitely Uh (laughs) (laughs) just survival mode. We call it right. (laughs) And it really looking back, it really was survival mode. And you can see so many women rising up now to help those mamas get through it. So your mission is beautiful. I absolutely love it. And you you know what, speaking to your listening to God and not responding I think we can all relate. <laughs> We've all been there, right? <laughs> there are times when like, you know, you get the the gentle whisper and then uh-huh. you pound on the head and sometimes <laughs> you listen and sometimes you don't, but I'm so glad you are now. That's just an amazing gift to these mamas. I think it's, it's a good thing that I did. I just, I'm kicking myself that it wasn't earlier because I feel like I could have done so much, but I let go of what a coulda shoulda is. I don't go there and I say, you know what? We're going to start here and now, and I'm going to learn to not ever do that again. God knows what he's doing. And we just got to trust him. (laughs) Awesome. Absolutely. So, okay. So you're a mama of five and Mm -hmm. I know I'm a mama of three. So I know my schedules are busy and there are times when I like high five my husband as we are coming and going. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully I have no diapers to change in the middle of that high five, but (laughs) there's just a lot to manage. So Yes. Do that. How do you, and I'm assuming your two-year-old is home with you. Oh, he's busy. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you do it? How do you manage being all the things, um, wife and your own business, all the things, how do you do it? So I get this question more often than I think I realize. And I think the biggest thing that I have to make sure everybody knows is that I am not perfect and I don't have it all together. I do my best to manage it all, but there's definitely a lot of patience and a lot of mess ups and things that happen. But besides that, I I wrote down some notes and I thought, you know, what is it that makes things work with a family of five? Because we've got a big family and it's hard to manage it all. And I, like I said, I don't do amazing at it, but I do try. But some of the things that I've, I've noticed have really helped me are being super organized, doing the best I can to keep things in order. Everything has a place, you know, everything has a home in our house and we have systems in place, managing my time wisely, making sure that I know when I'm doing what throughout the day and that I set goals and I have, I priorities and I make sure that I focus on what matters most and not all of just putting out fires all day long. I I do what I can to stay ahead of the fires instead of just constantly in them, trying to figure out how to, you know, put them out. Right. And then, um, like I said, creating intentional systems and routines, whether that is for time management or home organization and systems or intentional self-care, family communication systems. I mean, there's so many different systems and routines that have helped solve so many problems. I guess the biggest thing is if you see a problem happening 
in your house, whether it's you see a sock on the floor and it annoys you like crazy, but you see it every single day and never touch it, you know, because you're expecting someone else to do it. Or if you see the dirty dishes, or if you see, you know, kids are having a hard time packing their lunches and getting out the door on time, whatever the problem is, if you seek out solutions for all those problems and create systems for them so that the annoyance goes away and you just take care of it, nip in the nip it in the bud, all of those things they're not perfect, but you get through it a lot easier. So organization and systems really, I think are the biggest thing. And then positive outlook, consistency and patience. Yeah. And I want to back up to the systems because, you know, when you say like, oh, this is the problem area and create a system for it, that is so natural for someone like you and probably yeah. someone like me, right. Yes. But I, I would imagine that a lot of the mamas you talk to, it is not natural. I don't think it is like, I, th- I think it's, <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't natural for me. It's something that I, it was a behavior I had to learn Yeah. because I dealt with so many times where I'd see a soccer toy on the floor. I'm like, Oh, it's there again. It's so fresh. And you kick it to the side and then you walk down the stairs again, you see it again, you kick it to the side again and you right. get frustrated right. and you deal with this like bitterness. And why am I a slave to all of my kids and all these things? Like, it's so frustrating instead of being like, what system do I need to put in place to make sure this doesn't happen as often? It won't be perfect, but it'll be better. Right. right? And to probably transfer a little bit of that ownership onto the sock holder or the toy. (laughs) (laughs) When I say systems, I mean, like chores and kids taking care of themselves too. It's not just mom. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I used to be a first grade teacher and what you're saying resonates so strongly with me because when you are managing a group of kids, so imagine now 20 in your house, right? Mm -hmm the systems that were put into place in order to make that work were systems like um, thinking just like what you're doing, thinking prevention rather than problem solving and what can you do to have your day outlined in order to make it so that it runs smoothly. I love that. Honestly, that's, I think that's such a good point that you put because I, so I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer since I was six years old. It was my passion. I majored in it. It was my thing. So when we were in school, in college, they taught us that everything we do, we need to do it as um, injury prevention. So everything we do when we stretch, when we, you know, teach them how to dance, all these things, we do it in an injury prevention way, rather than what do we need to do to solve the sprained ankle or this, that, and the other. Yes, we learned that too with kinesiology and first aid and all the things, but it was all about injury prevention. And I feel like that's the same thing that we need to do with our house. How can we prevent all these injuries or all these problems from happening rather than putting out the fires? Exactly. Because that's where the hot mess culture comes in to play is, you know, you're, you're spending all of your time preventing, you're going from fire to fire to fire rather than living your life. And yes, those babies, you hear it so many times are babies for such a short time. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, I'm at the, the place where I'm looking at an almost 16 year old teaching him how to drive and thinking I have two summers left with this kiddo right? from that overwhelm, that survival that I can't make it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I want more time. So we want um, how to enjoy the time they have. Yeah. I think that's super, super important. Like I said, with just being in the moment, being present and doing things that you love with who you love, focusing on that. If some, you know, if one of your kids, draws all over your wall and you're so frustrated instead of freaking out, take a picture of it. You'll laugh at it later. You may not laugh at it right now, but take a picture of it so you can remember that and then find ways to show more love and increase of love and be like, you know what? They're just little, they don't get it. And we can teach them what we can do and we can clean it up together, but let's not 
freak out on them and yell at them like I used to do. And I'm definitely still not perfect at it, but I'm getting better at laughing at the little things and being patient with them rather than, ah, you know, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The reducing the reaction and increasing the prevention. Yes. So you have, um, as we're approaching Christmas, we, you have some systems that you want to talk to us about, um, systems you put into place so that, you know, you're already busy as a mom. We know that everyone I'm talking to, my listeners are busy moms. And then you throw in this holiday, you throw in travel, you throw in hosting people, maybe for a dinner, maybe for over the course of the weekend, the decorating, all the stuff that really are big monumental times in our families, like timeline, right? They're, yes. they, they should be wonderful, wonderful events, but sometimes they get overlooked because we are so stressed. So I am so excited to have this conversation. <laughs> I know my listeners are going to eat this up. I am ready. You're going to lead us away. What systems do you have um, for my listeners for how to navigate that season? Well, while well, doing things. I love this because I love systems and I love organization and everything, but there's so many. And so I'm trying to narrow it down because I have so many that could be helpful, but let's focus on a few of them. So one is something simple as deep cleaning and decluttering before the holiday even begins, because in the middle of it, when you're getting presents and all these things, things start getting cluttered. I don't know about you, but when I get out my Christmas decorations, I feel like my whole house just like threw up or just tornado hit because I have all the garlands and the lights and everything's everywhere. And the toddler's trying to get into him. He's already tried to pull out every light from my tree. So half my tree is lit and half of it isn't. (laughs) And so I've had to learn of how to organize as I go and clean as I go. And so the biggest thing is before you even start shopping for toys, if you can, and I know we're kind of late in the game, so just start where you're at. Don't worry about what it could have should is in the past, but right now, what can you declutter that will help move the needle forward in the biggest way? Right? So a lot of us with Christmas coming, if we have kids, it's toys, right? Or books or clothes, things like that, things that gather a lot really quickly. So we know that We're going to get gifts from grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, family, friends, whatever. They generally go under those three categories, toys, books, and clothes, right? So if we can get those things decluttered and have every single kid, you can even do this as like a family fun night and be like, Hey, we're going to have a race. I want you to find everything that you do not love, want, need, or use all the time. And I want you to put it in this bag and let's see how many things you can get in this, you know, big garbage bag. Let's take it downstairs. Let's go through it real quick. And then whatever we have. We're going to go take it to um, like a donation center, whether it's Goodwill, DI or whatever store you have. And, or you can even donate it to like a women's shelter. Cause you know, that's a huge thing too. I just found out about that and I thought, oh, that's a great idea so that you can actually bless the lives of others with all of the stuff that you have. And it's gently used generally. It's not usually totally torn apart, but you just don't have a need for so much of it. And when we create space for you know, the things that are coming in, it makes it so much easier to feel like, okay, I can let my kids have these gifts and stuff. And it doesn't feel like, oh, it's so stressful. There's nowhere to put it. Everything's blown up. There's toys everywhere. You know, we're creating space. Right. And And so why do grandma and grandpa keep giving these things? You know, (laughs) you get so frustrated. Yeah. And that's where bitterness and resentment can come when we don't have those boundaries. And so if we declutter, that helps us to open up a little more room for a boundary to kind of grow a little bit. Cause we know we're going to be getting an, in, um, extra things coming in. So I think decluttering is huge cleaning 
and maybe not like deep cleaning as in getting every little nook and cranny. Cause that's not, we're not really in spring cleaning mode right now. We're just kind of in some, some of us were in survival mode, right? With the holidays, there's right. a lot happening. So if you can just keep up with the simple systems, like doing your dishes every night, making sure you have your kitchen shutdown routine done. If you don't know what that is, I've got an episode on that, but just essentially getting everything back to square one so that you are not constantly having to do all of the cleaning and, and all of the decluttering and everything in the midst of all this extra stuff that comes during December. Right. Right. So if we can get on top of those things, it makes it easier to enjoy the holidays and time with our family because we're not spending the entire day cleaning up after our kids. We can actually enjoy time with our kids. Right. So I say that's the biggest one. Yeah. I want to go back to the decluttering really quick, because this is something that I do with my kiddos too. And I love the idea of the competition, you know, with three boys making it fun. Yeah. (laughs) But the other thing that I've, um, we've talked about in my family is the idea of blessing others who might not have what you have. And yeah, you know, it's really hard for kiddos to understand and see globally what we see as adults. But yes, sometimes when you have the, the opportunity to share, you know, there's a little guy who I know is going to love this stuffed animal. And that can sometimes, I don't want to, you know, manipulate them into giving, but that can also be something that can, can be more exciting. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. If you want any, um, help from your family, especially your kiddos, you've got to make it fun or they're not going to buy in. And so, especially with five kids, if I'm like, Hey, everybody, it's time to clean and declare. They're like, Nope. (laughs) I'm like, okay, why don't we make it a game? You know, let's do, let's do a competition and you know, whoever, whoever gets the most things and it's things that you really don't love, want, need, and use. It's not like your favorite stuff that we're getting rid of. It's things you actually don't want then, you know, you can be the first one to decorate the gingerbread houses or do, I don't know, do, do some sort of reward system. And I found that makes a huge difference. And then playing like Christmas music, blasting it and have a dance party while you're trying to do stuff, you know, like making it exciting and fun changes the whole tone of something that is work and turns it into play at the same time. Right. Exactly. And by the way, let's stop it and get some hot cocoa on the way to the donation. You're right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. And one, love thing, it. one thing I have my mamas do too, is, you know, when you're loading up the donation stuff, load it directly into your car, because if yes. it's in the garage, I know at my house, those teeny tiny little fingers are going to go <laughs> pick out that thing. And then they have more time to think about whether or not it really was important. Right. Yes. Yeah. Or they'll just, it'll just kind of clutter up your garage and then your garage ends up being the big catch all for everything yeah. rather than it being taken to the donations. So I, we put it in the trunk and we are like, okay, we are going to go every Saturday and we're going to just dump off a load. Even if it's just one grocery bag per person, whatever it is, try to dump off a load at least once a week and create a system of decluttering the, even if it's little small chunks at a time, it adds up over time. It really does. Right. Absolutely. All right. Love it. What's tip number two. Okay. So tip number two, we have something that is, um, on the opposite end of that. And it's a gift wrapping station. We tend to get a lot of gifts for a lot of people. We have a big family <laughs> and I always, I'm never sure where to do all this. Cause I've got a lot of kids and a lot of things happening. So I've decided it's important to have a gift wrapping station where I know where the tape is. I don't have to go looking around the house for my scissors or or different wrapping paper, maybe bows or cards or whatever it is that you do. Even if it's like, you know, maybe you like to look, put little lace doilies on a paper plate or something for your, you know, fudge that you're giving to the neighbors, whatever it is that you're doing for gift wrapping, um, cell phone bags, cellophane bags. I can never say it right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, 
those kinds of things and have them in one spot. It could be in a drawer. It doesn't have to be out in the open for the kids to get into, but at least having a place and generally in a main hub of your house is the best so that you, you will go to it often and it doesn't just end up getting shoved. And then you're like, Oh, I still don't know where I put it. And then you got to go buy it again. You know, like making sure that you have a place that you go to every time. And it's, it's got its own little home and it, it may just be for the holidays or maybe you keep it year round. Maybe you keep, you know, your, your, um, what do you call those? Like birthday bags or whatever. And you keep all the ones that people have given you and you organize them according to, you know, birthdays, holidays, wedding, whatever, and have that organized too. Like you could have it be as big as you want or as simple as you want. It could literally be tape, scissors, and wrapping paper in a drawer done or in a little bucket or basket, you know, just whatever. You could even turn it into your home decor and you could have this cute little thing that has a little elf or Santa and be like gift wrapping station and make it look like a cute little desk that an elf would sit at to wrap gifts. Or you could totally play with it and make it really cute or keep it super simple. So I think that's a huge thing that can help. Yeah. I just did that actually. You know, I have garage, I had my gift wrapping and all the tissue paper and all that, but just this summer I reorganized my, um, coat closet. And so my uh-huh. station is in those over, over the, um, the door hanging bags uh-huh. that sit inside of that closet. And it has been such a game changer and we haven't even reached That's such a good idea. They, you know, I have the, the little bags, I have the wrapping, I have the cellophane bags, I have the tape, I have, I don't have the scissors there, but I have the ribbon, all the things. And then also for me and going back to the decluttering, you know, I don't want to have excess. So if my stuff is not fitting there, it doesn't belong. It's too much. I love that. Getting more space. We're not creating more space for it. It is going somewhere else. So love. Such a good idea. Yeah. All right. That's great. You're good. Okay. So, um, along with that, there is something that I actually just came up with this system this year because we have had so many fires that we put out in previous years, we decided to finally come up with a solution. So we came up with two things. One of them is a holiday timeline of events. So create a timeline, like sit down with your family and have just a Christmas adventure, you know, bucket list or live list, whatever you want to call it, where you just kind of put everything out there, all the things that you want to do that you enjoy doing as a family traditions, you love, even if it's things like, um, you know, going to go see the lights, things that you have to get a ticket for or purchase or whatever, whatever it is that you do, put it all in a list and we have printables for you. So if you want to go check those out, um, in our link in uh, my bio at high five motherhood on Instagram, you can check that out as well, but there's a holiday timeline. And so it tells you, I'm sorry, not holiday timeline, holiday prep guide. So there's several different things in it, but the holiday timeline is different. The there's a, a calendar of events. So we have all the different things that we do during Christmas time. And we just kind of write down this, I call it a mind sweep. It sounds better than a brain dump. It just sounds yeah. nicer and fancier. <laughs> we call it a mind sweep, <laughs> but it's the same idea. It's a brain dump, right? And you just write down all the things that you want to do with your family. And then you have a better idea of what is going to be put in your calendar. And then you realize, okay, we have this huge, massive list and we have like 25 days to fit it in. Some things have got to go. And so that's when you start prioritizing, you edit things out and you figure out, okay, what do I really want to spend my time on with my family? What things brought us stress last year? What things do we not want to do? You know, what, um, what things cost too much money maybe. And we decide maybe that's an X day, or maybe that turns into, uh, an experience gift, a early gift. Christmas present, instead of getting big amounts of toys, maybe we're going to spend it on an experience instead. And we end up doing that as 
an early Christmas present or something like that. So you decide that. And then there's also along with that, which is tip number four is a holiday timeline. And with the holiday timeline, it has everything from eight weeks out down to Christmas Eve and Christmas day, everything that you need to do each week to get yourself organized and have things ready for Christmas. So it has everything from like, I think it even starts prior to Christmas. I think we even started with Thanksgiving, like how to meal prep for, and like all do all the things for Thanksgiving and then, you know, black Friday shopping and, you know, all the things in between, whatever it is that you want to do, but we put it out. And so that every single week you have, like, I think there's like five things or less per week that you have to do. So it tells you, you know, this is when you should look into a photographer for your family portraits. This is when you should do design your Christmas cards, like all the little things. And it made it so much easier, huh? And those things really can fall through the cracks. Those oh, they totally can that you just mentioned and you, all the time. They do. And I feel like you, this is where you can have hot mess mom and survival mode, or you can plan ahead and prevent all of those things and actually enjoy it because you've done all the little things ahead of time. And those things don't slip through the cracks because it's all written out for you. Right. And if you want to add to it, great, but don't go crazy on it. Right. Try to keep it simple, but at least that will help. So we've got both of those in our holiday prep bundle and we've got like a black Friday sale and a cyber Monday sale going on that. If you wanted to look into those. Um, okay. And then my biggest tip number five, and this was not in one of my episodes that I have done previously. So this is a new thing, but, um, the biggest thing that I could say is to not overschedule yourself to take time to just be present with your family and again, going through that list, seeing what is important and what's not, but then realizing that it's important to put things in there that are simple. Like we're going to bake cookies tonight. We're going to watch a Hallmark movie. We're going to do a hot cocoa bar, you know, or maybe it's just as simple as we're going to read a Christmas story as a family. We're going to read in Luke two and learn about the nativity and, you know, like simple things, whatever the tradition is, whether it's Christmas tree pancakes or, you know, down to something as simple as a Christmas story, but making time for those things that are important to us without overscheduling it. So it's okay to have times when we're just at home and we're just decorating the Christmas tree. We don't have to be out and about every day doing, you know, 10 things a day to try to get in all the traditions, keep it simple, do like one thing a day, maybe two, if it's not too um, crazy or whatever, but make time for those that matter and bring Christ back into Christmas. Don't forget him. That's what the whole reason for the season is, you know, think about serving others. Think about giving during all of your adventure list that your, your bucket list that you're writing out, make sure that you're putting in things that matter and that bring you back to Christ. So we remember him in the season and not just all the Santa stuff, right? Right. (laughs) Find a balance of, of fun in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So Kim, I think we're cut from the same cloth because although I have not done the outlining and doing the brain dump thing. Our family does advent calendar and cute families do, but I, I made it years ago, crafted it and they are little boxes for each one. And in each one is activity, very similar to what you just mentioned, like maybe baking Christmas cookies or driving to go see the lights or reading Luke two or whatever. And it does take time to plan it out so that I'm not overbooked, but before the season even starts, I plan out each day according to what I have on the master calendar for our family so that we can make sure that we have time for that. And if it's going to be something where, you know, my boys are older, so we have sports and things, 
if it's going to be something like reading a story, we can manage that on a busy night. You know, yeah. I love the idea that it doesn't have to be this ginormous event where you're spending a lot of money or even making cookies. That's kind of a time consuming thing. It can be really stressful for some. So that may not be something you want to add to your schedule, you know? Yeah. It can be something a little bit little and, um, love that. Those are such great tips. I think this is going to be fantastic for our listeners. Tell me a few of the things that you have on your holiday calendar, your holiday timeline. Oh man. So, um, Christmas cards is a huge thing that I like to get ahead of time. And I think a lot of things that I found are the things that fall through the cracks really easy. I try to get those done before Thanksgiving yeah. so that I don't even have to think about those ones, right? Family pictures, Christmas cards. Um, some things on the family or on the timeline is like doing your Christmas dinner menu or, um, I don't know if you're, if you're going out of town, then it would be, you know, like packing up and and figuring out your travel stuff, whether you have entertainment for your kids in the car and things like that. Or if you're staying at home, maybe it's hosting someone like there's so many things you can add to your timeline. And I think that's the, one of the things that I want to switch about the timeline is having one that we've created, but also having one that's empty. So you can fill it in maybe with different things and customize it yourself. If you have specific things to your family that you do, um, I have, I wish I had it here with me, but I don't, I have it on my, um, on my website or whatever, but there's, there's different things for eight weeks. And one of the things that we like to do is we do the 12 days of Christmas with our family and growing up, we always had a nativity and we would take, there's usually 12 pieces in a nativity, maybe 13. And we would take a scripture, different scriptures from look two that would describe like the shepherd or baby Jesus or the manger, whatever, you know, things like that. And we would drop it on a um, neighbor or, um, friend's doorstep, someone that was struggling that year, maybe they had a death in the family, or maybe they had whatever was happening. We wanted to bring joy to them. And so we would start the 12 days of Christmas and every single day leading up to Christmas, we would give them a piece of the nativity. And then on, I don't know if it was Christmas Eve, I think it was Christmas Eve, not Christmas day, but on Christmas Eve, we would, the last one we would always give them was baby Jesus. And that was the last like culminating thing. And then we give them like a little plate of goodies, like cookies or something fun. And so they'd have all these pieces. And so when they were finished, they have the entire nativity and it's something that can remind them of joy during a really dark time when like, especially during, if they have a death of a loved one, the holidays are super hard, right? right? But if you can find something that can bring them joy during such a sad time, it can be such a helpful thing. So little things like that, where I try to put the emphasis on doing good rather than what can I get, you know, like the giving tree, we love to do the giving tree at Walmart or whatever, you know, um, the, like I said, donating stuff, um, doing the 12 days of Christmas, 25 days of Christmas is something that we also do through our church. It's called light the world. And they do 25 days of service in 25 ways in 25 days or something like that. And so they do all these different acts of service, whether it's just like, you can even do something as simple as, you know, smiling at someone or, putting a positive message on social media about Christ or just little things like that, but yeah. 25 days of it. And so we have one of those that we've created. Cause I liked that so much. So we created a 25 days thing, which is also in, I think that's in our holiday prep bundle as well. And then our, um, the 12 days of Christmas, there's different things for that one too. So there's lots of little fun things to add to it. Advent, you know, things like that. So it can be fun. You can just make it work for your family. Right. I didn't realize there were 12 pieces in a traditional. Yeah. I didn't know that. Generally, I would say there's, I think there's 12 pieces, including 
the um, stable generally. Okay. Sometimes it there's 13 depending on the nativity, but I collect nativities. And so I, we, we figured it out how it kind of works. It's not always that way, but generally they usually have about 12. So. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm going to tuck that in the back of my mind and <laughs> I might borrow that. Thank you. New that. tradition, right? <laughs> I love it. And you know, when you can be outward focused, especially as adults, you know, that's easier for us. But when you can do that and model that for your kiddos, it is a beautiful thing. It just, yeah, yeah I love that and getting them on board. Can you just so that I can wrap my mind around it, if I were to <laughs> give the donkey, we'll say from the nativity scene, what would you include card wise or, you know, that would be written out to go with it? I would do a scripture going along with like, Mary riding into Bethlehem or something like that, where you can kind of bring it in that way. I mean, you honestly could do just about anything you want to. It doesn't necessarily have to be specific to the piece. I just find it's kind of fun to divvy up the story in how they came, you know, so you can talk about the shepherds and the wise men, how they came and the gifts they brought or things like that. It doesn't even necessarily have to be specific scriptures. You could even just have like the story and you could write the whole thing out and then cut little bits out and put it next to, you know, each character or something like that. You can just play with it, but I'm sure there's, I mean, I don't, I can't think of any specific scriptures right now, but like, I know Luke two is kind of where we get generally all of the scriptures and we just kind of yeah pieces and parts and it's different every year, you know? So <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to make sure I tag you on Instagram as I'm doing my little nativity. Yes. That'll be so fun. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you would like to share with my listeners? I mean, there's, I think the biggest thing that I would love to share with the world is to remember Christ in the season. Like he is the reason for the season and we've got to get away from commercialism and the hustle and bustle because that's not what it's about. As much as I love to give gifts for other people, the biggest gift is what he gave to us. Right. And so I think if we can point everything that we do back to him and teach our children the same thing. There's so much more meaning and purpose and intention that comes with that in the Christmas season that makes joy actually happen. And then remind yourself, even put it on like a fridge magnet or whatever on your fridge and write the word joy, because that reminds us to think of Jesus, the J others. O, and why ourselves after that. Right. So think of Jesus first others We're we're, remembering him in the season, serving others, and then worrying about ourselves, like trying not to focus on me, me, me. What can I get for Christmas? What can I get? You know, what do I want? And like my kids, we look through toy magazines and they're like, Oh, I want this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, now let's think about angel tree. What do you want to give? Who do you want to give to this Christmas? You know, what can we do to help others this Christmas? How do you want to serve? And I want them to think more along those lines and not so much about what they're going to get, but what they can give. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that visual. I've never heard that either before, but it's so perfect. The word joy and otherwise it would be what? what Yoj. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like yodeling or something. (laughs) The same ring to it. Yeah. (laughs) Joy is awesome. We love joy. (laughs) Okay. So you are going to leave us with the links I can share with my listeners for how to get those really amazing holiday bundles. Yes. Um, and if you leave a coupon code, I'll make sure that I share that as well. Okay. But tell us how we can, how they can find you and listen to all of your wonderful wisdom throughout the rest of the year. 
They're so kind. <laughs> um, I am at High Five Motherhood on Instagram. And then we have our website, www.highfivemotherhood.com. And then the podcast is High Five Motherhood. You can find it on any major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. Um, I don't know. And all the other links, like if you want to purchase any of our productivity planners or um, holiday prep bundles, any other printables and things like that, it's under our link in our bio um, on Instagram. So that's it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kim. I really appreciate having you on the show and I'm going to bring you back maybe around spring cleaning time. Sounds good. (laughs) Sure, We might need some help with that too. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Isn't Kim just the cutest? We had such a great time chatting about how we can prepare our hearts and our minds and our kiddos for this holiday season where we're not in the hustle and bustle, where we're not doing the hot mess mama thing, where we're really enjoying our time with our family. So I hope you learned something today. I hope that you gained a little bit of inspiration and I am going to borrow that idea of the nativity gifting that. I love that idea. I think that's so sweet. So what did you learn from today's show? I want you to pop into our Facebook group and let us know what it is that your takeaway was from uh, from this episode. And if you have an idea of ways that you can keep your, I was, I was going to say sanity. I don't mean sanity, but keep your heart focused in the right place and your calendar free in the way that you want it to be this holiday season. I want you to share that with all of us in the group as well. And if you enjoyed our conversation, if you liked hearing us chat back and forth, we kept going. Actually, we had another hour-long conversation. <laughs> and you you can hear some of that over on Kim's podcast. And <clears throat> I might bring it back as a part two to ours. So you can listen to that there. But I do want you to go to check out the links in the show notes because I'm going to place all of the links that she mentioned where you can connect with her, you can read her blog, you can buy her downloadables, you can listen to her podcast, and you can even get the freebie she gave us, the 25 um, activity days of Christmas. All right, friends, until next time, I hope you're well. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, Would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.